Hello, I'm H.D. Chambers, and welcome to Impact Ed. I want to thank everyone for either listening or viewing today's uh, episode. Uh, as always, uh, we are always grateful and appreciative for, for those of you that uh, that have an interest in in our school district or the topic that we're discussing today or maybe the individuals that are participating in the conversation. But it goes without saying that, that it takes all of us to understand our school system and it takes all of us to help support our school system as, as we continue to try to educate our children. Uh, we are joined today with, with two individuals who are doing exactly that. And when I say supporting our school district, uh, you'll hear through the conversation how much they are supporting our, our students and our staff and uh, the community at large. But we have a we have two ladies. I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves. One one of them is an employee of our district, and one is a a partner of ours. And so, without further ado, I'd like for a D if you don't mind introduce yourself, and then Kavita if you'd introduce yourself. Uh, just share just a little bit about uh, your background, and then Kavita when we get into the discussion about say well we'll we'll talk in depth about say when kind of what's going on. So, D if you don't mind. My name is D Jones. I am the business and community coordinator for ALEFISD. And my major duties are to bring partnerships into Ailey to support our students, staff, and families, and the community at large. And I will, I will tell you, for those of you watching this and you don't know Dee Jones, then she's the best in the business. If you are familiar with Dee, you know she's the best in the business. Um, it's, a, it's always an honor to work with Dee. Kavita, introduce yourself, please. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chambers. Thank you, Ms. D. Jones, for inviting me today. Uh, my name is Kavita Tiwari. I am the executive director at SEVA International's Houston chapter. And I have been with SEVA since 2012, initially as a volunteer. I joined them as a project manager in 2014, 2015. And since then, um, I have uh, just worked tirelessly with them and with ALEAF. It's been, uh, I've been around as long as the partnership has been along um, and I have seen it grow. So yes, uh, very much a part of the ALEAF community and very proud to be um, ALEAF strong. That's awesome. Well, today's conversation is going to be focused around SEWA. And for those who are not familiar with SEWA, which you're probably not, it's spelled, as you can see on Kavita's screen, S-E-W-A, we pronounce it SEWA. Uh, she's going to talk about the organization and what they do and what their their ultimate goals are and their very lofty goals and their very meaningful, intentional goals. The, the point of today's conversation is to give a glimpse into what happens when business community partners work together and what can be done. And perhaps more importantly, what's left to be done, what, what can, what could be done with uh, additional support and additional partnerships. And uh, in today's, in today's climate, in today's world, uh, particularly in education, we have children and families who have spent the last 13 or so months uh, struggling, <laughs> to say the least, uh, socially, emotionally, financially, obviously educationally with our kids. And this attempt to begin rebuilding our education or rebuilding the education of children who have lost out in the last year or so and to begin rebuilding the confidence and the, the support that is, that's there for our school system is going to take time. And SEWA is one of those key players in our community to help us do that. So with that, Kavita, I'm going to turn it over to you and let you talk a little bit about SEWA and, and just uh, we'll let the conversation go from evolve from there about things that are important to us and our community and kind of what you hope to see in the future. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chambers. So as you said, SEWA is um... – the word seva actually means service in Sanskrit. And Sanskrit is in one of the most 
oldest languages considered uh, like, you know, the one of the most ancient languages. A lot of words in Sanskrit also resonate in Greek and other languages. So if you do a little bit of research, you will see that, for example, numbers and uh, numbers are what we have in Sanskrit are also translated in Greek. And and a uh, horse is also called Ashwa in Hindi or Sanskrit. And it's the same word in Greek too. So it goes back really long. And the word has a very significant meaning because it just does not mean service. It means service above self. So when you are serving with the this lofty personal and moral objective, that you're not doing it to highlight your own good or you're not doing it for some personal gain. It, it reaches a spiritual level. And I think that is what drives uh, Seva's philosophy. Uh, we are a Hindu faith-based organization that is incorporated in the uh, United States, but we are also an international organization. We have chapters in more than 25 countries. The Seva International UK chapter actually has the patronage of the prime minister's office they come and volunteer. The prime minister volunteers with Seva projects every year. That's one of his calendar events. So that's how, like, you know, wider reaches. We work with villages in Africa where there is scarcity of water. We work in Colombia uh, where these, these communities are highly impacted by drug wars. And we work with children in the indigenous communities so that they can access, get access to education. So there is, in the, in the religion, Hinduism, there's a general... Uh, moral compass everybody needs to have as a practicing Hindu to give back, to serve. And I think that is a universal message in all religions. And, I, and we identify that that same goodness in everybody we meet. And that's what like, you know, helps us in, get inspired to serve uh, whenever we see a need in the community. I think that the religious aspect of it, the, the religion and how the those who practice, whether it's Hindu or whatever yes. the religion may be mm-hmm. in, in a leaf. Uh, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong. That's where we met was yes, one of they, our, our faith-based pastors network meetings. And, and I've often joked, and I've been in a leaf 10 years now, but I've often <laughs> joked that if, if you want to find religion, come to a leaf. Cause there's, <laughs> there, there's uh if you, if you can't find it, you're not looking very hard, but it, but it, seriously, right. I think it's this embracing of a, a partnership between our schools and our religious and our faith-based groups that right. that share the very, the very sentiment that you just that you just talked about. Some are more active than others, uh, to be quite candid. I appreciate you talking about the religious aspect of it because that does provide the foundation for the actions or the behaviors. Right, and you know this is what has kind of uh, given us the foundation of our philosophy and vision. Our philosophy is just that everybody in this world should has a right to exist peacefully, to be happy. And that goes not just to the human beings, but animals, nature. So everybody should exist together and has a right to exist and be happy. So with, with that in mind, for us, it was a no-brainer when you see anything around you and you know that you can make a difference there or you can help. So Seva's philosophy is if you somebody needs help and you are the person who has the resources or the means or the knowledge to make that difference, it is your moral obligation to step up and do something about it. And, and this is what I think has driven all the volunteers. So we are a nonprofit based out of like United States with 40 chapters, very active. We are also part of the Texas WOAD, 
which is volunteer organizations that are involved in disaster relief. We are also part of the national work. We are partners with FEMA, we are partners with Red Cross, we are partners with Catholic Charities, all the other organizations, because you know it's very easy to work with Seva too. Our vision and mission makes it very simple and very meaningful for other organizations to partner with us because we are not driven by any agenda. We are there to help people. We probably need to stress that. If we can talk frankly for a second, we had visited before that going back to the religious component of it, there there are many people that get suspicious of certain or specific religious type activities or, or organizations right. getting involved. And, and in some cases, rightfully so, right? Because there have been mm-hmm. there have been instances of dishonest brokers, for lack of a better term. And, <laughs> and I, th- I think organizations like SEWA have to constantly work against and defend themselves against some people's perceptions of that. And I, and I want to be clear about this about this podcast, this conversation. It's it's not to promote a religion as much as it is to promote a behavior of a group of people that are driven by their faith and by their by their beliefs. But it's it's um, it's it's working with, like you mentioned, working with Catholic charities and working with other other denominations and other other faith based mm-hmm. groups. So I appreciate you kind of sharing that because that's an important component, particularly mm-hmm. in a diverse district and a diverse community. Mm-hmm. And then one one thing I want to say also is that um, and as Kavita knows, uh, they invite me to different events. So when we first met, they had invited me to events and they are very open, uh, crystal clear. I, I love going, as Kavita know. It, it was a great partnership. It still is a great partnership. So we are we are very um, accommodating to each other. I'm learning a lot from, from uh, Sewa. So I know what's going on. I check everything out thoroughly. So I, I know <laughs> what's going on. And I thank you so very much. Mr. Chambers, just to elaborate a little bit on what our vision and mission is, I think I, we touched briefly upon what drives us. And when I say us, it's not just the staff that works. We are very, very rich in volunteers. Uh, For example, just to give a a brief example, last weekend we did a major food drive at our office, which is on West Oaks Mall, very close to Aleaf. We had 60 volunteers show up to distribute uh, 43,000 pounds of food. It's something that binds everybody. And these are people not just of a certain faith, they are volunteers who come from the Jewish community, volunteers that come from um, the the Alif community. We had VAM, uh, which is a church group, coming out and volunteering. We had the council member's office. So I think what really binds and is our strength is that people recognize this is an organization that just wants to do good. And our tagline is, together we serve better. I cannot do everything on my own. But right. together, when we come, I think it's a beautiful synergy. And this is what, what has been our strength, I feel. Good. Talk some about the activities. I mean, the things that you, you have been doing, whether it's in our school system or just in the community, because you've, you've said several times you're proud and you, you, you love this community and you've, 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 you're committed to it right now. So what is it exactly or what are some examples of some things that, that you guys feel good about? Sure. Uh, so I, I would say... Definitely education has been our favorite. It's mine too. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I just think about it all the time. I want to do whatever I can to make things better. And I'm always kind of exploring what what can be done to make things better. But um, our activities uh, are 
kind of under three broad categories. First is the disaster recovery, which is the, unfortunately, the nature of Houston is we have been seeing these happen again and again and again with regularities and unfortunate, but I feel as a community, we can handle it better if we are more prepared. So disaster recovery and disaster preparedness is something that we definitely want to and have consciously invested our efforts in. The other is the family and child welfare, and which is where education, public health, and proactively dealing with families' issues, where there is emergency assistance of some kind, maybe somebody needs hospitalization, um, they need a right to a doctor's appointment, simple things. So we have an entire department, which is called the Family Services Department, dedicated to dealing with issues families face, particularly in refugee immigrant communities, because we do not have five generations of family support system here. So if something happens to me today, I don't know who I turn to, right? So if, if we have that support network or that safety network, I feel communities feel very much at ease. They do not just kind of, you know, go into a panic mode if something happens. And education, as I mentioned, again, has been something that we want to continue working in. Um, another thing that I, we as an organization feel very strongly about is promoting volunteerism giving opportunities to people to get engaged because this is our equity. We are not making uh, fancy brands. We are not creating fancy uh, iPhones or anything. As a community, if we create and plant the seed of giving back and people in, we come in contact with, I think we have done our job. Not just the adults, but I strongly feel that the kids that we serve, we want to do service projects with them. So they understand what, how good it feels when you give back to someone. So that's the theme that we want to inculcate in the community. So under these broad three categories, I would say are our programs. And individually, if you, if you ask me, what have we done in AD? It started uh, way back in 2013 when I ended up miss, in Ms. Jones' office. Because um, as I said, we were passionate about education. We were trying to find out a community that can benefit through our passion of giving back. And ALEAF was just right around the corner. Um, we were met with Ms. Jones. At that point, I was, I think it was in February, March uh, 2013, and the school year was getting to a close, but SLI was about to happen, the Summer Language Institute, and that's where we plugged in. I remember that summer we had 40 college interns uh, that were working with us over summer, go and teach the SLI students for the entire month of June. And it's been a tradition at SEVA. Every summer, our interns come and do projects otherwise that we have designed for them, but they also volunteer always with SLI. And that's how it started. Um, we saw that there was a need, and we saw that we had people who were very passionate about giving back, and our job was to bring the two together. And yeah, um, yeah that's how it started at ALEAF, actually. The, the, for, for those that don't know, the SLI is a summer language institute, and we've mm -hmm. we've had it in our district it's during the summer, obviously. The institute of Language. <laughs> so yes. pretty original, yeah. huh? The purpose of it is, is we have so many children coming to us from so many different languages spoken in their home. And uh, the SLI is, is an opportunity during a period of time during the summer that we bring children from all walks of life and all languages, and we have adults in there, and we're just helping them get acclimated to the English language and get acclimated to other individuals. Uh, I'm curious, just on the on the SLI experience, because y'all been doing that for going on seven or eight years now, mm -hmm. what are your big takeaways 
are there things that, that y'all have learned from y'all's volunteerism and the, you know, getting college interns into those roles? I think it has been life-changing for our interns on our end. A lot of those interns who worked and served in A-Leave have gone on to careers in medicine mm-hmm. because they saw what service meant. And it was able, they were able to anchor their love for science with the experience of service with A-Leave. And it, it just came together beautifully because I still feel that some of these careers like medicine and law mean a lot of service to You should go into it with the heart of a service uh, servant leader, to be honest. It's not about making money only. So we are hoping that we are churning out these young people who are coming and experiencing these things and seeing what it means to be working with a child who does not understand the language, but is still willing to try and put themselves out there and just take all these unknowns on as they start their new life in a new country. It's, it's fascinating how it changes young people. So my interns have, without fail, every single year, the best experience of all the things that they do over summer is the experience of working with the kiddos. Yeah. So they just rank it right up there. Like Elif was the best. Like they <laughs> always say that. It's, it's yeah. very, it's very common for volunteers, particularly college age, young, mm-hmm. young men, young, young women who never even thought about going into teaching or even thought about having their own children much. Less. I mean, right. they spend some time with these kids and they get attached. They, they, they fall in love with them. And there's so much of that need in our community for, for these kids to have someone that they can look up to, especially those that may look like them or come from their Correct. come from their backgrounds. Do you find that as being a, something that benefits your interns is, is, is looking at a little, just having a, a relationship, if nothing else, by being from the same culture or the same background? Absolutely. All the time. I get, get to hear that because a lot of their stories resonate with these kids. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, these are people who, are, who know what they're applying for. They're smart college-going adults. They know what they're getting into. And they are seeking out SEVA to do, do this summer internship versus a paid internship or a paid job at a Starbucks, right? So they already are service-oriented, and they probably had that burning desire in them to, put, to see that in action. So they already have that mindset. And this exposure just completes that experience for them. And a lot of them have said, I want to do this because I was that child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was the child living in this apartment who had no access to resources. My parents were too busy putting food on the table to help me. They didn't know English. I was the family translator. I have had students who are interns and also AmeriCorps members who I worked with who have said this to me that till date, their parents are struggling because they cannot go to a doctor's appointment without uh, having their child on the phone or their daughter or son on the phone being a translator. So they recognize the struggles and these kids' stories resonate with them so completely. And they are, of course, at the other end of uh, the spectrum, which are really privileged kids who have no idea that two miles down their home, there is a community that exists yeah. and that's a struggle that they're going through. Their eyes are opened. And I hope that they take that experience over summer and learn to be that individual that is willing to give their time or write that check, both are valuable. In my book, uh, right, giving your time is way more valuable. But of course, if you cannot give time, then facilitate something that you can. Mm-hmm. That spectrum is the most, like they come out like their wise, eyes wide <laughs> open because they had no idea. Yeah, they, 
this was happening. I, I think a lot, a lot of people, heck, mm-hmm. including myself in a lot of cases, there's a lot of people on a conscious level, they know that we have community members and we have it. There are individuals that are living in the, mm-hmm. the conditions you just mentioned, but until you actually see it or yes. you meet someone in it, it is not, it, it's not real. It's just a, it's a thought. It's something that's in your mind that you, you, like I said, you know, mm-hmm. it exists. You just don't know what it looks like when you see it. And I think say organizations like yourself by bridging some of these worlds, you know, there are people mm-hmm. who live worlds apart and they don't live but five miles from each other. I think that's the one of the many, many byproducts of what you're doing. Yes, the ultimate impact is on the kid, but you, I mean, on the on the student, but you've also got how it's impacting the the young men and young women who are providing. Yeah, and I and in this day and age of conflict of all kinds, like uh, opinions, political opinions, um, racial inequity, sometimes these people can be the seeds of change in their own families, in their own classrooms or wherever they go, because they have seen and experienced it. For me, that's the biggest thing service we can do for these young people, for sure. And I don't want to over-exaggerate this, but we talk a lot about, you know, breaking this cycle of poverty, breaking this generational poverty. Schools aren't going to do that. Education will. Mm -hmm. Education can. Schools are just a delivery of, of, the, of the education, but schools by themselves can't. SEWA, organizations like yourself, and more specifically the people, the volunteers that you have that, that, are, that are going through this, they're the ones that can help impact generational poverty. And th- that's what every day, that's why we get up at A-Leaf. That's, that's our, at least I can tell us why I get up. What is it can I do today? What is it we as a district can do today to help hopefully more than one, but help one child mm-hmm. break that generational poverty or that cycle of poverty that they that they find themselves in. Do you, you find some of that into y'all's own, under your mission and into the, the practical aspects of what you do every day? Absolutely, actually. Um, so I, I feel the entire team at SEVA and on the volunteer base at large is very compassionate. And that's why we are together. Because uh, half of, more than 50% or 60% of our our, our workforce is, is volunteers. And there is only that common thread of service and making good in someone's life or trying to turn around something that you see you can change. That's the common thread that binds us. Yeah. Otherwise, we would not be a big organization. We have done big things and our staff strength is only three people. And if you see the things we have accomplished, that cannot be possible with three people. Yeah. So you have... Um, Mr. Chambers, I'm not exaggerating here, but I have some people who have full-time jobs, but they give 20 to 30 hours every week to save up. That is over and above their daily work. And it, it's, as I said, at some point, it becomes your life mission, your life goal. And, and that's why that, that's what bonds all of us. Just like you said, you get up because of there's a passion behind what you do, right? And it's going so well because you are passionate and it truly is something you believe in. And I think Seva also kind of, you know, subscribes to the same philosophy. We just love what we do. There's, there's no other way to <laughs> well, you can't, put it out you, there. You can't do it and be good at it if you don't. Uh, D, you know, we're talking about Sewa and the connections between their organization and, and our families and our community. What do you see from the, because you're kind of the intermediary, you're, you're kind mm-hmm. of trying to connect them with those who need it the most. What do you, what do you see whenever you're making those connections with our with our community and our families, and what if a family member is watching this or listening to this? What would you want them to know about the relationship and what Sewa has done and can do? 
and will do. Uh, just to let them know that that uh, there's uh, partners, including Saywire, which, which they are fabulous. They have so many different programs going until I treat them like a puzzle. As families or staff or anyone that need assistance, I look at this puzzle of what they can offer for each entity. And so they should know that I'm here to provide assistance. I do have partners that can help them, gladly help them. Say why it's just fabulous. I can call on Kavita anytime and she is there for us. It could be uh, needing a doctor, as she said. Uh, when we were volunteering for the food giveaway recently at 80th Middle School, uh, the one doctor was volunteering. He came up to me. He says, here's my card. If someone needs heart surgery, here, here's my card. And it's just they're just so open and just available at any time to offer assistance for families, staff, students, community members. I just don't know what I'd do without them. They, they're just they are, they are my wonderful puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> Kavita, you mentioned earlier AmeriCorps or um, mm-hmm. t- talk a bit about that. What What is that and what is what is the ultimate? objectives with with that? So AmeriCorps actually is a part of the, um, it's a federal program, and it's basically trying to promote, again, volunteerism uh, in America. Uh, So giving young people, old people, uh, a chance to do service in the communities. It was founded by um, President Clinton a while ago. And then recently, when uh, President Biden came along, uh, they have increased the funding to bring in more AmeriCorps members. It's a federal program, and SEVA is part of the Texas AmeriCorps program. So there are two levels, AmeriCorps National and AmeriCorps Texas. We are part of the grant, which is in Texas. And the Texas grant is administered by Governor's Foundation. It's called One Star Foundation. It's a nonprofit by itself. So we have been working with AmeriCorps for several years, Mr. Chambers. Initially, it was the AmeriCorps VISTA program. So AmeriCorps VISTAs are members that come, volunteer members that come to your site and serve at your nonprofit in the capacity to build organization depth. So they work in organization capacity. So they will manage uh, or create new systems, put in new processes, trainings to increase the nonprofit capacity to function better. The current program that we are in is a 10-year grant. It comes in phases. The first year is we just completing year one. Uh, Then we have a three-year running grant, and then we reapply. And everybody that gets approved gets extensions, and it goes on for 10 years. So AmeriCorps, if someone is not familiar with, but they know Peace Corps, Peace Corps is you go and serve abroad for a couple of years. And the idea is that you're living at small amount of stipend. You don't get a living wage, you get a stipend. The idea is you live in those communities, experience the poverty that they have seen, and then you're serving the same community. So you have an idea if, for example, this young man in your classroom is not focused, probably he's from a low-income family, you understand what low income means now. You know because you are living that wage and you are empathetic to the living conditions that a young kid has probably in their house and you're not judging them from a different perspective because you're living the same life. Um, so the AmeriCorps grant came to us after this September. We were in a year of planning grant with them. Uh, they were judging and helping us plan our programs. And once the programming, uh, uh, the planning grant uh, finished, we rolled into the AmeriCorps program. Currently, we have 18 members. 12 of our members serve in education. 
and six of our members are spending their time working in disaster services area. Um, the disaster services members, again, remember our commitment to uh, disaster recovery was very strong. So we consciously had applied for six members to work in disaster preparedness training. Four of our AmeriCorps members are experts now in the area of training the community in disaster preparedness. Most of our families in Southwest Houston are either immigrants or refugees. And since they're new in this country, they have no idea. When a hurricane comes, what you're supposed to do. Nobody knew what a freeze was in Texas, leave alone Southwest Houston. We were so unprepared. If we had only known where our water walls are or where are how to like winterize your home or empty out the pipes, so many families went through thousands and thousands of dollars of um, damage, mm-hmm. but just because we were not prepared. Yeah. They are predicting another active hurricane season. So mm-hmm. our commitment is train as many people as possible so that we can mitigate the losses. Communities do not have to repeat that cycle again and again. And just when you are ready to get back on your feet, the winter storm happened and then something else happened. So you're always playing catch up, right? So that's the mandate. Um, We're also training ordinary citizens in A-Leaf community and Southwest Houston communities to become case managers. So a case management training can be given to anybody, for example, at A-Leaf school district. If you mandate 15 people to take that training, they can do actually case management entry and pass it on to SEVA. And then we get the resources on to families what they need. But our biggest chunk, like I said, was 12 members in education. Six of these members are currently serving in A-Leaf campuses and they are really working embedded in classrooms uh, where students uh, need most help. So the ESL department, Ms. Patty, uh, Patricia helped us re- identify high need mm-hmm. campuses that were high school students and middle school students. And our AmeriCorps members are working in the classroom in real time, whether it's in person or in uh, the remote format. And these, these members are called interventionists, language interventionist specialists. And they are seeing students who are not at the classroom level in terms of their language. So even, for example, they have a science classroom and they do not understand what the teacher is saying. They can be just worked on in a smaller group with the AmeriCorps uh, language specialist to break down the conversation so the child follows the science and not get lost in the language part. Do, do, you, find, so, do you find in that regard you're able to access adults that speak a variety of the languages that our kids speak? Because sometimes in in mm-hmm. schools, it's hard to find someone who's either certified or even speaks many of the language, the, the less prominent languages across the planet. Uh, you mean in, in hiring the AmeriCorps members? Yeah, yeah, just just yeah. The, yeah, the diversity in the language spoken by those that you're hiring. Sure. So we have our um, the current members that we speak. Mr. We have Mr. Chambers. Mm-hmm. They speak Arabic. They speak five different dialects from South Asia. One of them is. A couple of them are from Nigeria, so they speak, uh, I don't know what what language that is, but they speak right. a different dialect, right. Right. both of them. And then we have Spanish speakers. We have people who are very fluent in both Spanish and English. Mm-hmm. So there is a big pool. And as the program matures, we can identify up front because this is our recruitment season. We are recruiting between now and um, till end of, I would say, maybe May, June, uh, June, July, I will be recruiting MRCOR members. 
So once you identify what your population you are serving, those recruitments can also be directed. The year one, we had definitely wanted some South, South Asian mm -hmm. uh, languages. Uh, we wanted some Spanish, some, uh, a couple of Vietnamese candidates. So we have a good mix, but we can definitely work on doing a more focused recruitment depending on the population we are serving. But the idea is that these students are just now just not in a bigger classroom group and getting lost in the conversation but they have more focused attention of an interventionist yeah. who is equally passionate as the teacher in the classroom. Anytime you can split the classroom so that, each, you know, there's two or three adults to help mm -hmm. support the fewer the children per adult, the better, better things are. Absolutely. And, and the teachers are there to give the curriculum advice. Oh, we right. are never right. working alone right. by ourselves. Yeah. And, and that's a critical thing. I, you know, I think in ALEAFs sometimes it's, somewhere between 80 and 90 different languages that we have spoken. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. And, and obviously there's not, we can't find teachers to speak every language or staff members for that matter. Cause some of them are extremely rare or extremely specific to part and regions of certain regions of the country. That's why I ask about your, your reach, you know, the reach that you have to, to bring in different, different uh, people with, with, with different language backgrounds. I want to use this as a real quick all call. What you just heard was Kavita talking about the AmeriCorps and the, the, the volunteers and and for those who are listening or watching this that might you know might think you know I'd, I'd I'd like to give back somehow maybe I can't spend twenty hours a week but maybe I can spend a a few minutes a week or an hour or so here and there I'd really I'd really encourage you to consider you know letting say what kind of help you figure out where can you best fit in mm -hmm. that I think a lot of times and D knows this a thousand times better than I do but I think a lot of times there are a lot of people that want to help. Like they genuinely want to help. They really do. They don't say it just to say it. They genuinely, they just don't know where and they don't know how they're the only volunteer experience they may have ever had was volunteering in a classroom or volunteering in something that they didn't feel comfortable with. We have so many different opportunities and so many different areas to volunteer in. So this is my public service announcement for, for those that, that, that are interested. This would be the perfect, perfect opportunity because if I hear you right, Kavita, you're, the more case managers you have, the more impact you'll have. Absolutely. And this is something that you'll be working in your, once you get trained, you're working in your own community. You're not going out and say 50 miles out to some other town and trying to help someone else. You're helping your neighbors in your backyard. Yeah. And I think that's where all service should start. And that's why ALEAF is so important to us because we, we are part of your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. We want to make our service impact first here before we go out anywhere. That's that's what makes any country, particularly America, but that's what makes any country successful is the is each community taking care of, of themselves. Correct. If every little small community, neighborhood, town, municipality, if they took care of themselves, took care of their mm -hmm. issues, we would have a much greater state and we'd have a much greater country if we just did that. I want to wrap up by going back to something you said at the very beginning as you talked about your your mission and your goals of the of the organization. In your mind, if you could wave the magic wand, where do you see Sewa and Aleph ISD a year from now? So think about the 21-22 school year. Based on your goals, y'all's plans, your objectives, your budgeting, all the things that you're you're recruiting, all the things you're doing, what would you like to see as we wrap up the 21-22 school year, getting ready for 22-23? Very clearly, we already have a platform, Mr. Chambers, in, in form of the AmeriCorps program. Mm -hmm. I can visualize, currently we have 12 members working in education. Our mandate is to go up to 100 members uh, in the next 10 years. 
I can see a significant chunk of those amazing college graduates, very, very passionate about service. Because, you know, you have to factor in that these are not people who are just looking for a job. Mm -hmm. They are giving a year of their life to make an impact in the communities or the causes that they are passionate about. They're living on minimum wage Mm -hmm. and they're willing to do it, to sacrifice, to make a child's life better, to change a family's future. We've been talking about generational poverty, right? So my vision is that we will have a significant chunk of these members serving in a leaf classroom. Each of our ESL classrooms that has challenges of, you just talked about it, 50, mm-hmm. 60 different mm-hmm. languages. Mm-hmm. You have an additional helping hand in that teacher's classroom to help break down the problems these kids are facing, which is just understanding the language or breaking down the, the sent, sentence structure for that matter. Yeah. Little things that can really change a child's confidence and the teacher's classroom experience and the student's classroom experience. And the impact, of course, is the biggest outcome we see is that Aleph climbing up that ladder of like, you know, of having that thing that, okay, we need help to maybe going and helping out someone else. Mm-hmm. We, we, we visualize ourselves in that place very soon where we have all these amazing pieces that we are juggling with in place and things flowing smoothly. So we'll be having a podcast on, oh, we talked about this 10 years ago. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Along the lines of what you just said and your vision for a year from now, uh, one of the things that we're going to need uh, as a result of COVID, there's a lot of things our kids need, but one of the specific things we're going to need is we're going to need as many Caring, passionate adults in our elementary schools working with our four, five, and six-year-olds. We have, oh goodness, across the state of Texas, there's probably 30 to 40% of every four-year-old who should be in a pre-K program, a quality pre-K program. Roughly 30 to 40% have not experienced that this year. Their families Mm -hmm. have chosen to keep them home. They've chosen not to try to make a four-year-old learn off of a laptop or an iPad. As a result... There's going to be a lot of five-year-olds showing up to kindergarten in about yeah. five months without any experience, without any experience that mm-hmm. that they were going to, that some of them were going to be behind even with the pre-K experience. Now right. without it, it is going to be that much more significant. And so we, we as a district are working on these plans with a, ba- a sense of urgency. I'm imploring people out there who may be interested in what is it, you know, asking the question, where is it guy can help? Maybe you can help a four or a five-year-old who's missed out on pre-K or a six-year-old who missed out on kindergarten as a five-year-old. Maybe you can help a teacher by shrinking the size of the the classroom. So instead Mm -hmm. of 20 or 21 or 22 kids, you know, the teacher's dealing with five or six and two or three volunteers are dealing with five or six because that that is the only way. That is the only way we're going to overcome the losses that have been accumulating in the the last year or so. That's my plug for people, for people to to reach out and and get involved to get engaged with Sewa because they will put you where you're needed the most and mm-hmm. and they will match up what you want to do what you're caring about with what is needed. D, before we wrap up, anything you're the you're responsible for all of this. You're the one that brought us, brought them <laughs> brought us together and got them into the district. Your your observations on our business partner Sewa and just in general for those that that are listening. How do you become someone like Sewa? How do you get engaged and, and be as passionate as Sewa does? What is it they can do to uh, that you can do to help them? They could just come and uh, contact me as uh, Kavita did. She came into my office and told me all the programs that they had available. 
And I said, okay, come and join my puzzle piece so I can complete this one part of the puzzle. Um, So they can come on board, volunteer, uh, individual, corporations, business partners, and I can find a fit for you. So if you have in mind that you want to volunteer, you have an idea of things you would like to do, just let me know. I am available at all times. I'm here to help our students, families, and community. Just give me a call. Kavita, any lasting things you would like to, to share about the about SEWA and that you'd like for those that are listening or watching to, to be aware of that we haven't covered? I would just like to say here that I have worked with many school districts in the past, but ALEAF is special because I see the same philosophy that we as an organization come from. I see the same philosophy mirrored in ALEAF. So it's never been hard to get hold of people, trying to call people or get connected. It's just been seamless. So uh, a bunch of credit to Ms. Jones and you, Mr. Chambers, for having that work culture uh, in, in AVF. No, it's, it's hard to help if people do not, are not receptive. Yeah, they don't so, want the help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's such a wonderful experience working with AVF. I have to congratulate all of you on that work culture. Um, the other thing I'm, I, I always think is that our tagline is together we serve better. So if anybody wants to join us to facilitate uh, our big mission of having those 50 plus AmeriCorps members serving in ALEAF classrooms, making each of those classrooms richer and more, more, more accessible to students with various challenges, please do reach out to Ms. Jones and let us know that if you want to help we would love every support because this is a community that we want to, it's, it's a community thing. If you can do it, say I can do it by themselves. Correct. We all need to come together to make this happen and make it a reality. So with that, I will just say thank you so much. Well, thank you. I, I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope it's uh, been helpful to you. Uh, indeed, I, I will assure you those watching, it's been, it'll be, it's been helpful. So right. I, I want to thank you. I know there's a lot of thank yous going around right now, but I do want to <laughs> I do want to thank you. You know, there's 65, 70 school systems across the greater Houston area you could be spending your time with, and and you've chosen ALEAF, and we greatly appreciate that, and we don't take that for granted. And that's true of all of our business partners and all of our yes. faith-based partners. Uh, I know sometimes it seems like we take, or sometimes I see, it seems like I take it for granted, but it's because Dee is so good at her work, quite frankly, and she, and, she, and it's almost like I can expect her to be bringing these relationships together. But it's individuals like you, Kavita, that once you sign up, you're you're all in. That part of it is is comforting, and it, it's nice knowing that we're not all in this by ourselves. No, you're not. And uh, <laughs> we we know that sometimes we act like, sometimes we act like we are, but we're we're not. <laughs> thank so, you, Kavita. Thank you for everything. You know, oh, thank you, Miss Jones. Yeah, you and appreciate. Thank you so much. Oh, so, thank you so much. That's good. Thank with you. all with all this, we still have room to grow, and we still have. Areas Absolutely, that we can yeah. improve on. So I don't want anyone to get the impression we're patting ourselves on the back because we've we've reached the finish line because that's not the case at I all. I know. Correct. So mm-hmm. our goal is to get some people perhaps encouraged to participate based on their participation in this podcast. So thank you, ladies, again. Can't thank you enough for doing this as well as your what you do every single day for us. So I'm H.D. Chambers. This has been Impact Ed. Thank you for joining us. Uh, take care of yourselves, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chambers. Thank you, Christina. Thank you, Mr. Jones. Bye-bye. This has been an AMP production.